It is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2016. This is Room in the Trees, a podcast about honoring the creators in your life who introduce you to new paths and greater potentials. The following was recorded on July 15th, 2016. This is episode 15, Milith. Room in the Trees is hosted by Sabrina Harrison and me, Trent Reynolds. Show notes, including pictures, links, video, and more for every episode, can be found at roominthetrees.com. You can help us reach more people by writing us a review at itunes.com. And if you like the podcast, please consider subscribing at patreon.com backslash room. And now, episode 15. I wanted to talk a little bit before we get into our conversation with Mila to give ourselves a moment to uh, to introduce her, and then after we listen to the conversation, we'll add a couple min- minutes uh, for some takeaways. Does that sound yes. good? Yes. Okay. What do you want to say about Mila? I'm just really grateful for the human being that she is. Um, yeah, me too. Um, at a time, she was ahead of her time before her time she's just a timeless (laughs) (laughs) I sound like a Hallmark card she was to be remembered um sorry why don't you go first I have to not be self-conscious about what I'm saying when I envision Mila it's like super high energy constantly working constantly moving yeah. and she always made time for her own artwork whenever she was teaching i always remember uh her own pieces sitting on her desk or her making time after school to stay around and work on a piece that she was putting together for some show that she was That's in so true. and i also wanted to just mention or acknowledge i guess uh so people under- understand this about her is that she single-handedly built at least i I, i'm sure there were other people involved but you know i think to our to our view she single-handedly built a very active and far-reaching art program and inspired like several generations of students to go out and um, live very rich and creative lives so um, and really help people through um really get a sense in this conversation um the emotional gift she gave to so many young people. When do you remember first meeting her or finding out about her? It was in junior high. Some friends and I, for whatever reason, we found a way to sneak into the, um, you know, the theater foyer? Yeah. Uh, where they would have the like big art show for the kids every year. So we found a way to sneak into that while they were setting up the the big art show and we were walking around looking at people's artwork and Milif walks in and we knew we weren't supposed to be there and she was, you know, charging in, you know, in in normal fashion. And I remember she screamed, she didn't scream at us, she talked very (laughs) forcefully, what are you guys doing in here? You shouldn't be in here. And I I believe I might have peed my pants a little bit. Yeah, she had a way about her like that. Yeah, she just like got up right in your business and you know let you let you. And she would it. talk to you to this day that way if she if she wanted to. 
if she felt like you needed. But it wasn't. Yeah. It, it's weird because it wasn't like she was mad that I. I mean, she just would. She was also could be mad, but <laughs> she could get really mad. <laughs> she could get really mad. What's your first memory of? My memory was being in junior high and seeing her um, dashing around the high school because she just really stood out. Cause she just was. You know, she always had a bit of clay on her arms. She was always, at, you know, <laughs> you remember? And she would have her little shorts on, yeah. um, kind of like safari short shorts. I just remember thinking she was so interesting and cool, and I couldn't wait to be able to be, get to take have her as a teacher. She symbolized what high school was going to be like, you know. I just wanted to be a part of what she was doing. So let's jump into our conversation with Karen Ring Melif, known by her students simply as Melif. I don't feel like I just taught art. I think I taught human living and tolerance for things in life that people don't really understand or didn't understand even then. Yeah. You know, yeah. about humans. Right. I mean, think of the people that, well, and you were already gone then, that were the special ed kids that were failing every class. And so they'd send them over and say, oh, Neil, if you take care of them. Right. Well, these poor kids have been pushed around, and you have to find the one thing that appeals to them. And if art did, which many did, that's how they they could speak through their art. But but they were failing their other classes. Right. So, I mean, how do I draw a line with students? That was hard. Hard trend. Yeah, I know. Because I love them so much, all of them. Mm-hmm. And I tried to help every one of them that I could, whether it was to go forward. You know, and if you stop and count the number of our students from La Cañada High that are now artists and who left La Cañada High and went to art schools and took art careers, I mean, it's really pretty amazing Mm. so you kind of have to instill in the students that yeah i have a personal life right you know and draw the line to a certain extent which i think i did mostly don't you think absolutely i think you were able to find a way to to kind of create your own space and keep us at a distance enough so you're not smothered but also communicate very much that that you love us and are encouraging us and like I, I think that was one of the things that really stands out is that I felt loved in that class. Well, I wanted everybody to have a safe place to be. Yeah. And not all kids felt safe in that school, you know. And right. you know how kids are in high school. There's cliques and bullying and, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I don't think I allowed that in my class. I think I tried to treat everybody the same way. Definitely. There are things that you would not tolerate. And I think one of the ways that you created boundaries was by speaking up and not tolerating those things. Like you're creating boundaries that kept it safe for everybody to be there and feel like that they could exist and be creative without worrying about being bullied or feeling Well, I hope I did hated. that. That was my goal. Right. Because I was, I was never treated that way in school. You know, I didn't know where I fit in. Right. And, you know, fortunately I had enough friends that, you know, understood me as an artist even in high school that it worked out, of course. You know, I didn't end up going to the colleges that they went to and the sororities and all that stuff. I was just always me. 
Right. And I wanted you guys to be able to be you no matter where you were in life and what your art abilities were. And you know that some kids were not very good in the class. Mm-hmm. But you try to make them feel good anyway because not everybody's on the same plane. Right. You know, if you think about it. Yep. So, of course, and I, I won't lie, Trent. You know me, I never have. <laughs> I won't lie that I didn't have my favorites, oh, of but course. you try to keep that to yourself. Right. You yeah. know, you do, and 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 kids like yourself and Sabrina, I really kind of lost touch with Sabrina in a lot of ways because she's moved around a lot. But a lot of kids, the ones that really, really worked hard and have gone places, I'm still in contact with a lot, a lot of students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just had one who came and had lunch with Elaine and I. That's awesome. And brought and brought her significant other. I mean, that's kind of amazing, don't you think? They're in their 30s now. Yeah, yeah. When we started this podcast, you know, we started having conversation. For both Sabrina and I, you were at the foundation of that conversation every time. Like, you kept on coming up. Um because you're such a point of reference for us, you know, you're, and you were there at those fo- formative years, um, that so much of your outlook, so much of your approach and in, in your energy has just infused into, uh, you know, all sorts of different aspects of our, our understanding of, of creativity and, and what we're doing. So it does, it makes total sense to me that, that these kids are coming back years later and wanting to reconnect with you because you're there every day in their in their world well i i hope so they're they're in my life permanently all of them especially the ones that i'm in contact with now and you know it's like you and i i mean we don't talk every day we don't talk every month but when we do talk we talk right we talk about art and then you know all the other things in life that are important your family yeah whom I've always respected and loved, you know, your parents. Yeah. You know, and, and there's another aspect of art. I mean, how many parents did I have to go to the mat with right. to understand right. what I was trying to do with their students? Yeah. You know, to help them find what I saw in them as who they were. Hmm. Their creativity was art. But parents, you know, parents would say to me, well, what, what can you do with art? Well, you're living proof, Trenton. Mm. Sabrina's living proof. You know? Well, what's amazing to me is that you were able to create a space, just talking to you now and, and realizing, like, Sabrina is, and I are so different in so many ways, and you have this this history of students that are that have gone off and done completely different things and you were able to create an environment that was open enough and that was that flexible enough i guess you know that that you could accommodate all this this different kind these different kinds of exploration that led people in completely different directions you know that's it, just amazing to me that that so much variety could come from that uh, you know those fairly, uh, you know, simple art classes. When I moved up here, one of my former students, and he was, he was before your 
time, I'm thinking, I don't know if you remember Corey Peters and uh, oh, yeah. Willis Heaton. Yeah, that was my time. Well, Will, yeah, Willis yeah. lives up here. Mm-hmm. And Willis and I, two years ago, were in an art show here in Carpinteria together. Wow. That's cool. And, you know, uh, it was very cool. It was very cool to, to do that. And we laughed, and he came to the reception. And one of my other students, who's now an artist, before your time, um, she's, I think she's like 10 years older than you guys, but she went to RISD, and she's uh, a graphic artist. She's great. Anyway, her parents live here, so she came to this art reception. Uh, Tina Lafferty. Hmm. And uh, Tina uh, and Willis and I took a picture together. It was kind of hysterical. That must be a fascinating transition to see a student who make the transition from student to peer. I don't know. I imagine that that's cool to see. Well, it's kind of it's kind of heartwarming for me to to be involved in this and and to see you guys out there doing these things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm always I'm always honored when I hear from any of you. You know, it makes me feel good about mm-hmm. my own work as well as yours. Yeah, it should make you feel good. I think it's a wonderful accomplishment. And it affected the whole course of our lives. I mean, if it hadn't been for you, it hadn't been for you saying, "Get your head out of your ass and go up to CCAC." <laughs> I remember it like night and day. I remember exactly where we were standing on the side when you walk in the classroom on the right. There was like a ledge, and you, I just knew, and I just did, and I, I just have. <laughs> Wasn't I a little blunt that day? Oh, you were always blunt. That's what we loved. We, we've talked about this before, about, you know, the authenticity of it. Yeah. I just didn't want you to waste your time at some Arizona goody two-shoes shoe, you know. <laughs> you, it, it wasn't you. It wasn't you yeah. at all. It empowered me, you know, just having someone say, you can do, you know, you've got this. Especially as someone who was, we talked about this last week about I'm not never have been a high achiever, and so when I discovered photography and just beginning to, you know, it was later. It wasn't like I was doing it in seventh grade or, uh, but just discovering that later into high school and then being empowered to follow it was exciting and kind of like I could, I really I could do this. I I could, I could really go for it and. Do you do you guys ever really know why I was the way I was as far as getting you guys off your duff and doing what I thought you guys could really do? And I'm speaking to both of you, but to others too, was because my high school teacher just looked at me and said, you really are nothing, Karen, and your artwork sucks and you're never going to make it. And I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to recommend you to an art school. Hmm. Wow. You know, that felt really good, you know. And so I transferred out of this person's class in my senior year because I thought this person, this teacher, was behind me. And I went to another art teacher who taught crafts. And she's the one that said, you know, get out of there and I'll get you where you want to go. And she did. Mm, But, you know, because of that, because of that incident, was the reason I thought, the reason I teach is to support and encourage my students, no matter what they want to do in art. Hmm. And so hmm. 
that was that was why I was blunt. I mean, there's no way I was going to let you guys not do what you were meant to do. Well, and part of supporting us was being blunt when we're when we were being idiots or when we were being lazy or when you know when we weren't fulfilling True. the potential that you saw you weren't you did not pull punches you know in in letting us know i think that's that's well, that's an important part of the equation that i think people miss is it's not just about being nice and encouraging and fluffy you know you also need to to hit hard when when it's called for right well, exactly, and and who understands now, dear? You know they understand. Get your head out of your ass, Sabrina, and get on with what you need to do. You know, I mean, kids don't listen to that kind of namby pamby talk. Not anymore. I mean, and I know it's worse now than it was when you guys were in school. I mean, they they tell you what to do. Right. Um, but if you're not strong, and I was, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a really private, quiet, not an aggressive person in my personal mm-hmm. life. And so it wasn't really always what I was like. It's what I knew I had to do to get you guys to do what you were meant to do with your work. That's so, so interesting. If, That's if it worked, hey, I'm happy. And like I said, I'm honored. And, you know, and I think it also it affected um, – when I think about it, because I remember the way my parents reacted, my parents got excited by your decisiveness. And then, you know, I remember my parents being like, okay, Mila's like on this and said, you know, let's do this. And, you know, we flew up there. I really remember how you, you rallied my parents too to support. And, you yeah. know, Trent and I talked about that when you were disconnected, the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, how you, ha- how I had to really, go to bat for a lot of you guys with the parents who who didn't approve of you going to art school or going to become artists. I mean, like, what do I do with my life? Mm -hmm. Can your, can my child support himself or herself? Right. And, you know, I guess you guys are living proof. I was living. Yeah, I was thinking, not really. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sitting here on my sorry ass right now at 75, and every month I look at the mail and I say, "Oh my God, I have, I have a check coming in because I was an artist and taught mm. art all through my life." And so, you know, when parents said that to me, I said, "Well, I sort of think that." going to art school was really what my life should have been about and it will always be and that's the way I feel today at 75 hmm. it, it's who I am you know yeah oh and you know oh and you know it's just a, it's just a grand honor to to see what you guys are doing out there and as as Trenton said when you were off Sabrina you guys are both very different in your art and in your approach. Yeah. As yeah. am I. But you know what? That's okay. That's what life is all about. And the other thing I was going to say, life is short. You know, that's why you have to get your head out of your ass and get on it. Because tomorrow's coming, and if you don't get out there and do what makes you happy, I don't care how much money you make. I don't make a lot, but... You know, I'm still mm. standing, so it's good right. enough. So I that's was, the thing. Carve your time for your art. You always have to do that. Yeah. Teaching art, you know, 
we're both of us teach and um, have kind of workshop and small groups. What and you were dealing with so many students turning coming in and out and in and out and people that were you know very quiet and introverted and serious about their art to people that were just like yeah art class we're gonna just mess around and you know chat and gossip and didn't care a lick about it she wore that gotham uh-huh so talking about what what makes a great teaching environment for you because there was something I know even just down to like how we had the table set in that circle um, um, and just dealing with demos and, and then also dealing with difficult people where you had these people that were really interested and then you just had these people just... I think I think what I, you have to do, and I, I try to do this, is put them in their place. I mean, if you know what I used to say, you know, this is an elective and you yeah. see that door over there and if you don't want to be here you don't want to work and learn, you know, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out because I don't That's need right. to deal with you. That's I so, and I think that. that was my approach, you know, because there were people there that wanted to learn, people that needed that class to survive the rest of their life or their life at home. And that happened. I, I mean, I found out things I didn't want to know. And this was their... This was their world. This is a place that they could come to that was safe. Yeah. And even as I taught my adult class after I retired from Walking Out High, I taught adult classes for eight more years, was I think it's the attitude you create in the classroom, Sabrina. Huh. Your attitude with your students will create the atmosphere that you want. And the circle for me in the classroom was when you have 36 kids all there, some don't give a damn what they learn, but you make them present to you and the rest of the students all the time in that classroom. And uh -huh. so if the enthusiasm is there, it's going to rub off somehow. Mm. Whether, you know, whether it's your teaching or whether it's someone else in the classroom that you're going to learn something from and have to, big factor hmm. so uh -huh. we learn a lot from each other yeah yeah by watching hmm. and seeing that's how little kids learn you know it's so he did it I, he did it i can do it yeah yeah i remember your desk was insane your desk in the ceramic room and then the art room I just have such a visual view. You your shorts, your kind of rolled up shorts that were like off white or something. Yeah, I I got lots of looks at the grocery stores. Trust me. <laughs> well, I was thinking about a student. You know, you're talking about art students. Um, I I think he's too old for you guys, but a guy named Dave Otten. Anyway, yeah. he was in my ceramic class and. Uh, God, I haven't seen him forever. He's gone into the restaurant business up here in Pismo. He called me about, I don't know, six years ago. Elaine and I were in Carmel, and he called. He said, Beliff, this is Otten. And he, and he was a great big old heavyset guy. He was just jolly, one of those kinds of guys. And he said, uh, you know, I got laid off from my job, but he says, I went to an ceramics class and he said you were right 
you, just like riding a bicycle. You fall off and you get right back on and you know what you're doing. So he says, I'm doing pretty good for That's an old awesome. guy. <laughs> That's so great. Anyway. So you create you create the atmosphere for the for the students. Mm. You know, it's what what you see. And I think I think the po point there too is that it doesn't have it's not going to be that atmosphere is going to change depending on the personality of the teacher, and that's okay. Like it, like it as long as it's it's real, as long as long as it's authentic, the the exchange between student and teacher, the atmosphere can become its own kind of creation, you know, can can take the, the form that it exactly. needs to take, depending on the person. I've uh, had the opportunity to, t to teach briefly at, at uh, high school, I've taught at college, and I've taught um, <clears throat> more than any, any other group, I've taught uh, retired adults. And, uh, well, that's, a that's what I did after La Cunata. Yeah, it's, well, it's a, complete, yeah, it's a completely different uh, group uh, you know, a completely really? different time of life, but in each in each place, I think I was always the same person, you know. And I think my priorities and my interests, uh, you know, as a teacher and what I was trying to evoke and bring out of the students was the same. But you know, the character of the classroom definitely was shaped differently um, just by the relationship between where they were at in their lives and where I was at. So exactly, but again, you create that, right? I found older adults to be, you know, sometimes as much of a challenge as uh, high school or junior high school students. I mean, I've taught all levels, and I taught in college for a period of time. But um, sometimes I found the retired adults to be as much of a pain in the ass, pardon me for saying so. Um, that could have been me, I suppose. But, you know... As, as young people, you know, they can be, you know, overbearing and, and want your attention as much as, you know, a younger person. Uh -huh. So I think you have to, you know, allow yourself that. And Trenton, you're right. Uh, you set up the classroom according to the, to the level uh, of each group, and yet you're still the same person. You're still the same teacher. Right. I think I think there's something I, I in my workshops I have a lot of people that have come that are in there, uh, you know that I think come and it's and it's not a consecutive course so it's like a two day, and they come and they want to be freed and they want to be inspired and they want to make stuff that's like really um, alive and they, sometimes they want it to look like my work and they want it not tomorrow they want it now they want to be loose and free and and they want to be happy with what they made and it's really it can be really hard to try to and some people already are but then there's people in the group that are just like well I don't like how it looks but and there's and you're just going oh my gosh it's it's so much pressure to try to sort of liberate people in a couple of days that's true especially in workshops yeah I agree yeah. with you right yeah but you know again if you are the person that you are and the teacher that you are with your own art and everything, you know, they have to learn to fly on their own. It's sort of in a way like we raise our children, and I know you understand this, Serena, is that you give them 
all the values and all the things in life, that, whether it's clothes on their back or whatever, you give them everything, and then you release them to fly on their own, to yeah. make their own lives. And it's the same with art. You have to release them to make their own art and to be able to fly on their own. You know, you give them the wings, but you don't make them fly. Right. No. So, yeah. Well, I, you guys are so great doing this. Please keep me abreast of what you're doing. I appreciate it. And I'm, like I said, I'm honored and I'm always proud of you. So, Mila, I want to thank you for, for making time for us. As always, it's wonderful to, to catch up with you and really appreciate you and love you. Well, thank you guys for uh, including me. I feel honored and, uh, you know, I'm glad I got your sorry asses in the right direction. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say. Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. Trenton, Trenton, come up and visit. I will. We'll we'll put a leash on the little girls, and they'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> got it. Will do. All right, okay, guys. All right. Love, love to you, Sabrina, and love uh, to you. your family. Okay. I, I will. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it, Milef. The woman, the myth, the legend. Yes. Do you call her Karen now, or do no, you call her Mila? I call her Mila. Do you yeah. Do you guys go on that Karen, Karen level? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was there was a, a a time, and I think it actually it still is this way, where I I feel uncomfortable calling her Karen. Did you call because... her Karen at some other point? Never. Well. Yeah, no, I think over the course of the last several years, I've seen her on off, on and off uh, on several occasions and uh, didn't know whether to call her Karen or Mila when everybody else, like I was at, uh, I can't remember where I was at, but she was there and... Her special but, birthday uh, party. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was her special birthday party. That's what it was. And everybody else was calling her Karen. So I kind of felt like, well, maybe it's time to like be a grown-up and not her student and call her by her first name. <laughs> I don't know. Just so I, a, yeah, I, called her, I called her Karen then, and I still feel like I should be calling her Karen, but it, it feels really uncomfortable to me. I want to call her Milif. But you call, you call her Milif. I call her Milif. I always will. If she, I go back and forth. And if she has a problem with it, I trust she will tell us. <laughs> You can trust that. Yeah, for it's sure. satisfying to have people that are like that. I guess I also want to feel like, uh, I don't know, I want to feel like I uh, that we're peers now. I, like I want that kind of relationship. I, I don't. don't. Fair enough. Like I'd, li- I'd like, I'd like that certain people in my life are going to always be elders to me. That's a good point. That feels right to me, too. So, uh, takeaways. Yeah. What was something that stood out to you, Trent? I thought it was interesting. uh, She mentioned in her private life, she's a quiet and reserved person, which is not at all, like, those two words would never occupy my my mind (laughs) at the same time of thinking of, of Mila. That's not the person that she was as a teacher. She had to become something different. Uh, she had to, she was forced out of her comfort zone in order to create this environment that she felt was necessary for her students to have the experiences that they needed. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about boundaries. We talk a lot about uh, 
doing things that are uncomfortable or unnatural to our, our kind of our conception of who we are uh-huh. or like our identities, right? And I thought, what a an amazing testament to the sacrifices that she made that she was willing to put herself in such a uh, like become a person that was you know at at odds with maybe who she felt most comfortable being it was a gift that she was trying to give all her students like she was doing that for us you know for to create an environment where we could that was safe that was invigorating that was inspiring you know so we could be who she felt we the best we could be I don't know. I thought she, that was kind of an amazing yeah, thing to think about. To think about how she really showed up. You know, she's decisively present. Even if she's doing 80 million things, she was there. Like, you didn't have any substitute Milefs coming into class, you know? Nope. And there were no days off where she kind of tuned out. You never got the sense that she you're, she was giving anything less than all of, all of it. I think it energized her too. I think she probably, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like I'm a pretty quiet person, but you know, once you get going, you, you know. Yeah, there's that too. That, and I think that's, that's one, uh, one of the wonderful things about teaching is that you realize that even if you're a quiet reserved person, that, that maybe sometimes it's kind of in, amazing and invigorating to, to be out like charging. Right. Another takeaway for me was, um, just this attitude that she had that she wouldn't put up with that she just wouldn't put up with anybody's crap man um and i had the thought that this is a kind of boundary making and a kind of boundary making that i personally am am not very good at and something that i admire about her and i think is also one of those things that she probably developed through being a teacher that she just did not invest any energy in people's bs yeah yeah she had this attitude that, and she says this, and uh, when we talked to her, like, this is an elective. If you don't like it here, then get out. And, yeah. And she did not apologize for her way of running things. And Yeah. And I think that that acceptance of her way of doing things and her the way she felt like things needed to be was is, was an important part of of the atmosphere that she created or the space that she created for people to feel, um, feel safe, to feel empowered, to feel all the things that she, uh, inspired in people. And she was an, and she was a real, um, role model of someone living, being a really authentic human being, um, to me, a real individual, a really unique individual. And that was really classy. I thought she was a class act person and, role model in the beginning of this episode she said that she taught tolerance for things that people don't understand and i think that that is that is that phrase i think is just kind of Mm. a beautiful way of saying a life lesson right tolerance for things that people don't understand Mm -hmm. like i think and i get this in students a lot where it's like well i don't know what i'm doing or i don't understand why this has to be this way and in in art especially in an art classroom especially a creative environment it's especially critical just to create a, create a space where it's okay that you don't understand it's mm-hmm. okay it's okay that you don't get it right and just to to sit with that and and uh, accept that that's part of what this space is about is not knowing is not understanding 
and to not get upset, not get angry, not get afraid, not, you know, I don't know. I thought that was just a beautiful sentiment taught tolerance for things that people don't understand. I want to share one memory that I really, that really stood out to me was when I really discovered photography, um, and my memory of, so the, the, the photography studio lab was not down on the first floor where the art class was. It was, it was up on the third floor in the back of a science lab, mm-hmm. forgetting what te- the teacher's name was. He was an awesome teacher. So you had to go through the class while class, their class was in session and go to this, the back into this little tiny lab <laughs> and, so it wasn't something where Mila could kind of come up there with me or oversee, you know, and it could only really fit one person in there. Mm-hmm. So I would go up there. She must have come up once just to show me where the chemicals were. <laughs> and the chemicals were so old. So I would go up there, and the school was all outside. Getting from the first floor to the third floor was not an indoor activity. Right. And I was just going crazy, like falling in love with photography and just so excited about these pictures. And so I would develop a picture and I'd be in there and then I would get the picture and I'd be like, I got it, I got it. And I would get it, finish the stop fixer and rinse it. And then I would run downstairs. And by the time I would get down to show Milov, it would have completely turned purple because the chemicals <laughs> were expired. So it would just slowly go from this crisp, beautiful black and white, just like to this like kind of monotone brown purple. But I would just try to race it down there to show her. So oh, awesome. uh, I just said, but it was just the great looseness of learning that way where she wasn't like, this is how you use it. And, you know, having to have a teacher oversee it every single step the way but more letting me kind of figure it out and explore and you know uh experiment with finding my own way to do it and i i've to this day have deeply deeply loved the process of being in a dark room and that kind of introverted time uh one final thing that was a takeaway for me is when she said that's why i was blunt there was no way i was going to let you guys not do what you were meant to do And I think that embodies the the spirit of Milif. Like the love, the fierceness with which she approached her teaching, wanting very badly to help us be who we were meant to be. And we're so we're so lucky to have had her in our lives. Absolutely. And she is that way to this day. I feel it. Yeah. Thank you, Milif. Thank you so much. You can find show notes for this episode at roomthetrees.com and you can support us by subscribing at patreon.com slash room. $5 a month would be so wonderful. And if you have a moment, it really helps us to reach more people and, you know, keep doing this if we can. If you'd rate us on iTunes, we're reading your reviews and thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for your review, Glam Vintage Soul. And Laura Hartman, your subscription to Patreon meant so much, and your wonderful letter you sent us is so meaningful. Trent's brother Brent did the music for the podcast. You can hear more of his music on SoundCloud by searching for Venter's Stag Motel. Let me tell you what you got to do this week. You got to go out and you got to find 
the people who are the creators, are the mentors, are the people that have helped you be who you are. And you got to tell them you love them. Because they need to hear it. <laughs> <laughs>